Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on Jen McFarland. Jen works with small businesses on leadership, strategic planning initiatives, and digital marketing projects. She is also the host of the Women Conquer Business podcast. Today, Jen is sharing with us so much valuable information about leading your teams. The information she is sharing with us is highly relevant now as we're going through the global pandemic of the coronavirus and valuable information that you can apply to your business and your teams at any time. We talk about why you need to be grateful for your team members and how to express to your team members that you are grateful for them being a part of your team. We also talk how to leverage your team members when you're getting ready to make a pivot in your business or realize that it's time to make a change and break from the norms that have been in place in your business since you started a process. We also talk about setting goals and how you should move forward and pivot in a time of crisis and at any time, but still making sure that the decisions you make are staying true to the path you want your business to be on for the long term. There is so much great information in this episode, so let's jump right in. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. Can you start us off with uh, giving us an introduction about yourself? Sure. So my name is Jen McFarland. I have over 25 years of experience as a trainer and executive in leadership, marketing, and um, strategic project planning. Um, I led large-scale projects in the public sector that affected over 50,000 businesses and over a million people. And I was not satisfied with that. I like more boots on the ground work, uh, probably because I was in the Peace Corps in Kazakhstan. So today I consult with businesses around many of the same things. So leadership, ways they can manage their business more effectively, um, strategic project planning, um, and then a little bit of digital marketing on top of that. So what made you go into the Peace Corps? Um, I always wanted to. So when I was in college, one of my closest friends went to Bolivia and we were pen pals. Like, you know, talk about something that's making a comeback during COVID-19. It's, you know, having a pen pal, you know, and I, she would write me these really long letters because she didn't have the internet and, and tell me about all of these things that were going on. And I was like, I really want to do this. And I got married and my husband and I went together as a married couple to Kazakhstan. And it was probably one of the most pivotal decisions that um, I've ever made, that we've ever made. That always fascinates me. I really wish when I was younger and before I had kids that I took opportunities to do stuff like that. Just give back, see parts of the world that you probably wouldn't see otherwise, and just probably such a great learning opportunity. It totally is. And here is the good news, Jamie. 
you're never too old to go into the Peace Corps. So you, there's still time um, because there's no upper age limit. And we were actually there with people who were in their 70s and had grandkids and kids and, you know, having that same experience. And it was, it was a real eye opener. I think that in, in this environment we're living in right now where we can't leave our houses and things like that, it actually has prepared me better um, for crisis because I lived in a place where so much was unknown all the time. And, and in fact, I really realized my passion for projects when I was in Kazakhstan because everything was you know, about listening and learning what people really needed and then just showing up and helping them create that again and again and again. And so Peace Corps was not only a game changer in my personal life just by seeing and meeting so many people, but it was also what put me on a whole different career trajectory when I came back. Yeah. So I know we got really connected, uh, was it a little over a month ago, we had this this interview scheduled. And then both of us realized that we're really at the perfect time to be talking right now because of your background and what everyone listening to this podcast needs, talking about leadership and being grateful for your teams, especially at times of uncertainty. So how did you really get started in helping people being grateful leaders? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting thing. I actually have a master's degree in leadership and management. And I can tell you that the model I've developed around leadership that involves collaboration and gratitude is like, and listening is like three of the really big things. Um, that didn't really exist. <laughs> That's not something that you study when you study leadership. Um, it's a lot more dollars and cents and, you know, kind of dry stuff. It's not what, what they call the soft skills. So when I left my job at a and in the public sector, uh, the first thing that I had in terms of my business was leading a five day retreat on leadership. I had been brought in as the main speaker. And I remember, you know, these were like the first few weeks after I had left my job. And I was like, what do I want to teach people? And I realized I wanted to teach people the things that I always wished that I had in from a supervisor in my last position before I started my company. And the central focus around that was leadership. And then I was gratitude and leading from the heart and showing appreciation for others. And I discovered that there's actually a large body of research out there around gratitude and how gratitude um, is, is really a, a pay it forward type of characteristic. And the more that you share gratitude with other people, you also as a leader feel more grounded and calmer and, and then the, the people that you're sharing it with um, in good times and bad, sharing, you know, appreciation and gratitude and thankfulness for what people around you are doing, whether they succeed or fail, um, it really builds a much stronger team. How do you show gratitude? Oh, man, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can show gratitude. <laughs> you know, this is this is not that hard. You know, um, when when we were kids, we all learned to like write thank you notes and tell people thank you. And somewhere along the lines as adults, sometimes we kind of lose that, you know. And so sharing gratitude can be any number of things. It can be um, just telling someone. It can be like a card. It can be an email. Um, and then there are other things that you can do around your team, especially when you're working on big projects like having a gratitude jar, you know, it's like um, you just make it kind of, and it's really fun if you can like decorate it, make it kind of pretty. And then when something good happens, you know, you write it down and you put it in the jar. And then if you have like a team meeting or something like that, everybody can just 
you know, mix it up and pull it out and start reading off all of the great things that have happened. And so it kind of gives people a sense of camaraderie around appreciation and the good things that are going on. We spend so much time focusing on the bad. And sometimes when you do that, all you see are the bad things. So why not focus on the good things? And then it really does have that multiplier effect where when you focus on what's good around you, you start to see and look for evidence of other things that are good. Yeah, I know that. And I know um, for me personally, I can't remember if this is a story that I have shared on an episode that's gone live yet, but I know I talked about this in one of the interviews that I'd done was I had a particular employee where almost every conversation we had was negative and it was completely my fault. Like I took the conversations there. This employee was in a position where if things were going wrong, they were involved because of the nature of their of their work. Not that they Mm -hmm. caused the thing to go wrong, but they were involved in identifying the issue and bringing it to my attention and helping us work through the situation. So every time she was coming to me, it's because there was an error going on in the business. And the the relationship was just so negative because that's all we ever talked about was things that were going wrong. And if things weren't getting fixed right away, or if I wasn't getting the information I needed right away, I was placing blame. And it wasn't until this employee was brave enough to say that our entire relationship was negative, that every conversation they had with me was negative, that my eyes opened up and I was like, oh my gosh, they're right. I've taken this relationship on such a negative path and it and it was my responsibility as the leader to bring it on that positive path forward. And once it was brought to my attention, we were able to go back and fix things and focusing on you know, being grateful and saying thank you and focus on the right things that were coming my way from this employee changed the entire relationship and changed the person from being me being stressed out every time this person was coming to me because I was just like, oh my goodness, something else is going wrong to this person being one of my best team members. Yeah. It's such a change it made. And, and, you know, and that happens so often, right? Like we, you know, it's like that kill them, don't kill the messenger, right? So the person who comes to us with um, just doing their job and the reporting, you know, they become like this person who's like wearing the the negativity coat of like, oh, man, I know if she's coming into my office, or he's coming into my office, I know this means something bad has happened, and then transferring it. The other thing that tends to happen a lot is, you know, and, and I'm sure that you've seen this, you know, from being in leadership positions, I've seen it as a manager myself is, some of the employees that you, you, the employees you tend to spend the most time with are the employees who are not maybe as productive of workers or, you know, there are some employees that no matter how hard you work, um, they're never going to be happy and pleased with everything. And then the ones who get overlooked um, and who end up leaving the organization are maybe your highest performers because you're not spending as much time with them and you're not showing them the praise and you know the adoration for like the really good things that they're doing so it really gratitude leadership is more about spreading it out and spreading your attention around everybody and i do think that even the the people on your team who never seem to you know the eors on your team (laughs) you know (laughs) they can they can begin to see the good a little bit more too i mean it, it really is um, something that they've found really improves your health, um, it, you know, by showing gratitude. These are all things that, like, you know, people have done a lot of studies around and have found that it not only builds a better team 
and a better environment, but because it makes you feel better, <laughs> then, then it helps your health as well. Um, and I know that, that, that maybe, you know, people might say, well, you can't really prove that. And it's like, no, but my father had a really stressful job and ended up having a heart attack. And we're all convinced <laughs> that the stress was part of what caused it. So why wouldn't the opposite be true? Right. You know, and the research bears that out. Yes, definitely. But I, one of the things you said, like, really stood out for me that I think is so important to reiterate for everyone listening is sometimes your best team members are the ones that really don't take up a lot of your time. So we end up not giving them the time that they really need. And then they don't feel valued. They don't feel the gratitude. And because we're just used to getting what we need out of them, that we don't give them the attention that they want, they need, they deserve. So they sometimes end up going elsewhere because they're craving that, that thank you. They're craving that praise. They want to be connected to you as a leader. Absolutely. And, and they've done a lot of studies on this as well, like why people leave organizations. Believe it or not, people don't leave because of money. It's, it's actually not the top reason why people leave. The top reason why people leave are bad managers. You know, and so one of the ways to overcome the bad manager moniker is to show appreciation, show some gratitude, practice effective um, listening, you know, have have some some time to develop some self-awareness around yourself and, and be aware if there are team members that maybe you're not spending as much time with so that you can share more wisdom and knowledge and gr gratitude with them so that they're more bought into the organization because it's the smartest, most productive people that can help you um, be a value add and build your business quicker. Yes. Now, one of the things that sometimes I hear from small business owners is I'm paying my employees, I'm giving them a job, they're getting a paycheck. So why should I be so thankful for them just doing their job? So what's your advice around there? <laughs> well, I mean, you can. I mean, you could totally do that. Um, and people leave. And and it is about providing a good management style for people. I think that one of the things that we forget is that our, our employees are human. Yeah. Um, think about what it is that you would like. Think about places that you've worked. A lot of small business owners that I talk to say, oh, I could I could never go back to working for somebody else. If that's true for you, ask yourself why, and then don't be that guy. Yes. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, if you think like, I, I know for me, when I'm hearing people's stories of why they left the corporate world or working for someone else to start their own business, yeah, a lot of times it was because they had bad managers. And then they want to turn around and be the same type of manager to their teams. And I'm just like, this is a, this is why you left. This is why you can't work for someone else. So let's do better. Let's create an environment. You know, for me, I always say like when I'm describing my ideal client, it's always someone that really values their team members. They want mm -hmm. to see those people grow, make them part of the business versus just a cog in the wheel of the business. Because yeah, the whole team, once you start growing your team, is going to help lift the ship, lift the business, or you're going to constantly be dealing with turnover. And and I'll tell you, it, in times like this, a lot of businesses are in crisis. They're trying to transition maybe into doing some sort of digital transformation in their business right now. They're trying to pivot, like reposition, because there is an impending economic crisis potentially. And 
if you're not practicing good leadership skills and good management skills and sharing, um, hey, you did a really good job here. I mean, that's really gratitude, right? Like you're sharing the good stuff, then they're less likely to follow you into the fire. Like right now, yeah, they might stay because they're afraid of losing their job, but it doesn't mean that they won't leave as soon as they find something else if they're really miserable. So it really is about, like you said, lifting the ship and sharing like the good news. And, and that goes in, like I said, when a project fails, like an initiative fails, finding the good pieces of that because there's always something good that happens even when things don't end up maybe how we want it. There are some good lessons learned along the way. So showing gratitude sometimes is about teasing out like the best practices that we've learned along the way, the best lessons that we've learned and saying, hey, you did a good job here. Overall, these are the things that, that I think we need to change. And it's just that acknowledgement of, you know, we did our best, these things didn't work and then being able to move things forward. And again, it's about like being a good teammate. Like even as the leader or the manager, you still have to be a good teammate and you can lead and you can even fire somebody and tell them how grateful you are for them. You know, these things are not mutually exclusive. It's, you know, you can you can be grateful for someone and say, this isn't a good fit. Right. That, that's the way this works. Yeah. And when it comes to having to let team members go, that's one of the things I always say is you can still value them. You can still think they're a great worker, but you've just made the decision that they weren't the best person for that position in your business. And sometimes we need to make business decisions and they're different than the personal decisions. So, but you have to find the way to balance yeah. both of them as your, as your leadership style to grow that team. But I think so much of what you just said is not only good forever, but very timely for right now as we're going through this global pandemic and so many businesses have been thrown into positions that they never planned for, whether it's having to temporarily close their doors, limited hours, or all of a sudden their entire staff is working from home. And that's never been ha never happened before. There's companies where they never let someone work from home before, and now everybody's working from home. So it's a tough time. And remembering that we're all doing our best is going to really help. But do you have any advice for people that their businesses have been thrown completely out of whack during this time period and how they can continue to grow those relationships and be grateful for their teams? Oh, wow. Um, well, so for me, there's like two, those are like two different, <laughs> two different pieces of advice. Um, I do think that it's important with your team to, um, when things are tough, I mean, I think there has to be from your leaders, a certain degree of transparency about what's going on out there. That doesn't mean you deposition yourself and say, man, I don't know if we're going to make it. I really need your help. Because like some people go on attack mode on your team if you do that. But it does mean that you can say, look, the business environment is a lot different than it was before. We need to start doing some things differently. Do you have any ideas? And having that level of transparency around what's going on and letting the team know um, so they're not caught off guard if they haven't really thought about how things are different. Um, one of the things that I think is really powerful for people, this is more from the strategic project planning side of, of the business, is go through the assumptions that you're making as a business. Meaning, if you look at how you, your processes, your procedures, kind of the quote, way you've always done things, 
and you go through and you look at like what you're assuming in terms of what has to happen and going through and having even a team exercise around those assumptions and saying, well, is that really true? Is that true anymore? Does this really work for us? You know, it's like the, the company that says no one can work from home and now everyone is. So it's like looking at the policies that say that certain things can't happen and then unpacking that because it might not be part of the new normal, you know? Right. Um, and then again, you know, being able to share in the grace and the gratitude of like all of the small wins along the way during a tough time. And it, it really lends itself to a stronger team cohesion. And then also um, people are more willing to take the risks to share those little gems or things that they've learned that might actually uh, spark that innovation that a team and a business needs, you know, to survive a crisis if things are really looking rough. So I think there are a lot of different dimensions around it because when you're sharing gratitude and, and positivity, there's also, you're also building trust. So trust is like one of the most important things for a team. And I think if you're sharing more than criticism and have to do's and tasks, and you're also sharing, you know, congratulations and attaboys and, and talking about the things that are going on, people feel more trust and then they're more likely to help you innovate and, and make it through a tough time. And this is the perfect time to, if you're not doing it, start that gratitude jar. Write down all those little wins. You know, if you're a company that's never worked remote before and now you have your entire staff that you're trying to connect through, through Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever technology you're trying to use, write something down. Like the first time everyone got on that conference call with their videos working and you're able to start on time because that's a big deal when you're not used to working with the technology. Um, yeah. yeah. And I also love what you said about asking your team, like, how should we do this? Bringing them into the, those decisions because as the business owner and leader, you don't have all the answers. And sometimes you need to go to the people who are actually doing the things to figure out the right way and best way to make changes. Yeah, yeah. The the Your frontline staff often oftentimes knows things that you don't if you're not also doing all of the frontline face-to-face shipping out the products. I mean, whatever, whatever it is um, that your, your employees are doing for you. Um, and it's also just, yeah, I mean, it, in times like this, our emotional intelligence is really key. And sometimes as leaders, bringing other people in helps us get to that place of making clearer decisions because it's really hard as a leader right now to navigate, you know, kids at home, family at home, everybody working remotely. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, <laughs> you know, having more people involved will really ground you around, I think, making some better, clearer decisions. That actually leads right into the next thing that I was going to bring up. So we have all these people that are navigating the new way of business right now. And thrown on top of that, so many people have this new way of doing business with kids right by their side. And <laughs> parents are trying to figure out what do I do with my children all day? Because there's the daycares aren't open, schools aren't open. Oh, wait, now I need to make sure my kids are learning at home, which my kids are four and six. So we're doing at home preschool and first grade, which means that they do a worksheet or do an activity for five minutes and then they're asking what's next. So it's this constant interruption. So what would your advice be to how to manage that as 
as a leader that now you don't have your employees and team members full attention the same way you used to. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to preface this by saying I, I myself do not have kids and I do have a very rowdy Boston Terrier, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> so, and I'm acknowledging that straight away. Um, that said, you know, I, I think that this is where we can just really communicate as a leader and have, show that compassion about understanding that that these are different times and these are different things. I mean, we've seen it even in the media where people are being interviewed and their kids like running by, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, everybody is in this together. It It's not unique. And I think it's important to share that, that that's not unique. And, and in that, you know, let people relax about that part. There's a lot of tension right now. People don't need to also be freaked out about the fact that their kids are at home and, and a distraction. So I think that as leaders, you know, we need to um, be reasonable about, you know, what this environment is like, that there are also just a lot of emotions all the time. You know, people are going through um, something that's called anticipatory grief. It means the, the fear of the uncertainty and they're going through like all of the different stages of grief and and that's kind of hard to navigate too so there's like this emotional stuff going on and then there's kids at home and constant interruptions and and we need to just acknowledge as leaders that that is that is what we're working with and then problem solve the best ways to get through it um, and sometimes that might be on a by employee basis if you're a small team um, or just coming up with some best practices for everybody i feel like everything's very new right now as as people get into the new new routine of the new norm it things will some of it will iron itself out oh, the kids being a sorry the kids being a big distraction now once they get into the routine of things i think it will get better one of the things that i remember telling my husband so when he got the job that he has now he was given the option of pretty much working remotely all the time and he goes oh, i might work from home like one day a week maybe not i'll probably still go into the office because when the kids get home or at that point in time our youngest was home um all day for the most part and I was working around like nap times and whenever I could building my business, but he was like, I just don't think I could do it. And one of the things I ended up telling him was, I want you to make note of when you're working from home, every time the kids distract you. Now, when you go back to the office tomorrow, make note of every time a coworker distracts you or you turn because someone walks by and it catches your attention and all those things. And I was like, tell me what you find out. And he came back and he goes, my coworkers actually distract me more than the kids do. So I feel like sometimes right now we're so worried about kids and other distractions, even the pets, like at home running mm -hmm. around, like they're pulling my attention. My dog's going to want to go out a million times when they're used to being <laughs> able to stay inside all day by themselves. And we're worried about these distractions because we're, we're pretending that when we're in the office, we don't have distractions. Absolutely. I, and I, I appreciate, I so appreciate that perspective, that you are constantly interrupted. I think that, you know, in the regular workplace, and I think that, that what, so we need to acknowledge that. I think that that's really important. And we need to not be embarrassed when um, 
our kid runs in the middle of something, you know, like I had a client today I was talking to and she was leading like a group call and her son snuck up behind her. So I'm sure that people could see this going on behind her and she just was oblivious, you know, and he like was tugging on her shirt and she's like, excuse me, <laughs> and like turns around, you know, and he just wanted to know he was building um, a TARDIS for a Lego project and he didn't know what a TARDIS was. <laughs> <laughs> like from Doctor Who. And and my client also didn't know what a TARDIS was. So she was like, I don't know. I think you need to ask your dad. And he's like, well, he's not, he's in the bathroom. You know, so it's like, you know, so then she turns to the group, right? And and I think that there's your opportunity to be like, hey, we're all living this life, you know, instead of being really embarrassed, I think we all just need to kind of own that this is this is where we are, you know. Um, it's a sunny day, my dog is losing his mind because it's Portland, Oregon, and we're getting days and days of rain. And every time the sun comes out, he just won't stop barking because he wants to go for a walk. Not good for podcasting and having meetings all day. <laughs> you know, so so we're all kind of navigating these worlds that um, we aren't used to. And we just have the way that we can handle it is through grace. Yes. Yes, definitely. We have to remember that no work environment's perfect. Now there's always going to be distractions. Now they're just new distractions. And when it comes to leading your team, not getting upset about them. You know, something seems to all of a sudden be stopping your team member from working completely. You're noticing mistakes. Address it. Figure out what's going on. If there's a way where things can be mitigated, um, it might be like we talked about, or you mentioned that like emotional grief people are going through right now. And maybe it's just one of those things where someone temporarily needs a slight change in their workload and, and help each other out and really be that, that team environment where you're all in this together. I agree. I mean, as leaders, we can look for patterns and it's just like any other time where we see patterns of behavior and we have to address it. But, you know, it, it's really an important time not to like lose your mind over, you know, somebody's kid interrupting a meeting like that. Mm -hmm. You know, those kinds of things do happen in, in the in the workspace. Anyway, people get calls or all kinds of different things happen that can, inter you know, interrupt like a workflow. Um, it's important to honor that, you know, we don't always have as much control. It's not a controlled environment here <laughs> like it is. You know, I work out of a co-working space. It's where I have all my meetings, all kinds of stuff. You know, all bets are off when I'm home, you know, because there's other just distractions. There's a reason why I like to work out of a co-working space um, and, and, and everybody's in the same boat. So it is about showing a lot of compassion. Um, understanding the difference between a momentary distraction and an ongoing problem um, and having that discernment. So it means that as leaders, we need to have a longer fuse. You can't have a short fuse right now. One of the things I tell my clients is if your team member pisses you off, don't don't yell at them. Call me up and yell at me because I know you're not really upset at me. Get your anger out and then we'll figure out the right path to move forward with, the right conversation to have. But, you know, I tell my clients, I know you're going to have re emotional reactions to things. As leaders, we're still people. We have emotional reactions and sometimes we have very emotional reactions. Don't take it out on your team members. Call me. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. 
So, um, I, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, this is a real test for every leader. This is a test of your mettle. Um, this is a test of how you can discern some of your problem solving. Um, but it's also a time where you can, you can decide what kind of team you want to have and how compassionate and supportive you want to be. Uh, because if, if your team is still meeting with you, um, it's not just that they're doing it for the money. They have a lot of other stuff they could be doing right now. Exactly. So let's switch topics a little bit, because I know you also help with the strategic planning of things. So I know there's a lot of companies right now, probably at this moment, aren't thinking about those long-term strategic plans. They're just thinking about how to get through the next month of business. But sooner than, rather than later, hopefully we're all back to thinking about those bigger goals and those strategic plans. So. One of the things that I'm curious about is when you're working with companies setting these strategic plans, how do you bring the team into the mix? Yeah, so what I what I practice is a very particular kind of unique type of um, strategic planning. It's strategic project planning. So what it really does is it takes the best parts, or I think anyway, the best parts of strategic planning and the best parts of project management and planning and puts them together. It's a methodology that was developed actually for USAID, which was like doing a lot of overseas work. Um, they've now taken it into Sony and to other large corporations. I also think that it works really well for um, small businesses, startups, solopreneurs. So it's really about taking the aligned action and then planning it out, right? So okay. one of the reasons that the team is so valuable is that typically teams are the ones who will be executing the work. <laughs> As leaders, you're up doing the visioning and the mission, and you're maybe setting setting the course for like what the major projects are going to be. Um, but it's important to include the team in um, all of the work that you're doing and because they're the ones who are going to be doing it. So there might be some conversations that you don't want everybody there, but there are definitely going to be times when you need to incorporate everybody because they might be like, well, we're not really doing that. <laughs> why, why is that the mission? That doesn't make any sense. You know, and those are opportunities to not get angry. Rather, those are opportunities for reflection. Um, one of the things that I talk about a lot on my podcast is making sure that the mountain that you're climbing is the right mountain, <laughs> meaning is everything that you're building exactly aligned with whatever your mission and your vision are. Because sometimes we get drift, you know, we have people or opportunities that come along and they kind of take us a little bit further from our mission. And then all of a sudden you find that you're in a whole other zip code <laughs> and what you're, what's really important to you is still this mission and vision. So what I like, like to encourage leaders to do is to stay in touch with the mission and the vision. Understand that things like goals are where we take our aspiration and make it actionable. And so then it makes a lot more clarity around things like products, maybe programs or whatever services that you provide. And then the tasks are what raise up your programs to that level. So everything that you develop really needs to be aligned with your mission and your vision um, and your goals whether their revenue or sales also need to all be aligned. So you never want people working on things that don't ultimately lead up to your mission and your vision. Right. Yeah. So I, 
yeah, I definitely align with that. And I think that's so great because I feel like too often we get pulled towards the shiny objects and <laughs> yep. we need to make sure we're focusing on the right things for our business, the ones that are leading us down the path. And that's not saying your path can't change. Like businesses evolve, mm -hmm. you learn new things, especially with with younger businesses, when you're in that that first phase of scaling and growth mode, you're really learning maybe what that ultimate path should be. So things mm -hmm. can change, but you don't want to get so far off course because it was the easy thing to do. And then you realize you're not happy with the business that you ultimately created. Well, and that's the danger that we have right now. See, people are freaking out and they're trying to figure out what to do next. And it's actually a good time to manage your emotions slow down a little bit, think about the way that you do things, you know, check those assumptions, look at your mission and your vision and say, are these still valid? Is this what I'm seeing in the new normal, right? Because we're, we're going to emerge out of this different than we came in. That's just right. how it works when we're going through a big global change right now. So as business owners, the best thing that we can do is look at what we envision the new normal to be like and connect with these higher values, these higher missions, and then making sure that what we're going to do for how we pivot is aligned with all of that as we move forward. So that's, and, and the, the beauty of what I do is that it can be about anything. <laughs> and it really is about doing, like, I don't like to write a bunch of stuff out so that people um, put it in a drawer or something. This is about, you know, okay, this is what we do. This is what we believe in. And we're going to do this because it's the most aligned with, you know, our ultimate goals, our ultimate dreams for this business. Look at that. I mentioned right now probably wouldn't be the best time to focus on your strategic plans and you just <laughs> proved me wrong. But I, but what you said is so, so smart and so important because every day I'm out there and seeing things of like, jump on this webinar to learn how you can pivot your business to uh, for the new market and so much is focused on the right now and how mm -hmm. to shift to make revenue now. But you need to think about where you're going to be once we start getting back to this, the new norm of things and getting back to business slightly as usual. You said it's not going to be exactly the same as we came into this place, but you don't want to be creating things now and take you so off path that don't align with your strategic goals and your mission and vision and everything that you eventually want. Like, yes, maybe you need to figure out a way to make revenue now to stay afloat, <laughs> but you need to make that connection. So yes, like this right. is important now. <laughs> and well, and always. And, yeah. And well, and that's why I don't call it like pivoting because really all you're doing is adapting to a different environment. Like if you're pivoting, you could be changing everything. Like why throw the baby out with the bathwater? If you have a successful business, there's really no reason that you can't adapt it to this new environment. Now, there are some things that are very difficult, but I will say that, you know, I'm getting emails from my massage therapist for virtual massage. There are ways that any business can be making some money right now. and it's just about how creative are you and how quickly can you make yourself comfortable with some of these virtual communities that are out there and how how does your expertise translate into an environment where you know we're not supposed to touch each other you know we're not supposed to you know do a lot of the different things you know so it requires a lot of creativity around it but 
your expertise or your expertise. You're in demand and your services are in demand because you offer something that's important and valuable. And so what I offer to people is that it's still important and valuable. The delivery is what's changing. So don't decide like you're going to like you've made tennis shoes and now you're going to build desks because that's not really going to help you. <laughs> what will help you is to look at what you already have and adapt it for this new normal. You might find something that you carry forward after we go back to, you know, everything being open. Um, but you may not completely go back to exactly the way things were either. Right. And it could be with that tennis shoes, instead of marketing your tennis shoes to go run outside and to do all go to these fitness classes, it's, hey, you probably should still maybe wear tennis shoes and protect your feet while doing your at home workout or using your at home gym equipment. So sometimes it's just, yeah, pivoting, not making the big jumps, the big leaps that you can't come back from, but figuring out what's going to work now. Yeah, being adaptive being open to change, being open to challenging the the way things have always been and, you know, you know, forging ahead with a new path. And some businesses really are faced with, they either have to do that or it, it could be disastrous. And speaking of, you have a guide that's going speaking to help of disastrous. People. <laughs> <laughs> you have a guide to help people avoid the disasters with goal setting in their business and make sure they're doing the right thing. So tell us about that. Yeah, so it, <laughs> sorry, I'm a jokester. I like to It's all fun. right. So, um, we all need a laugh right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so when I really gave a lot of thought around goals, I came up with, you know, three ingredients that really are the keys to setting up goals that you're going to follow through on. Too many times people start something and they get halfway in and then it's not the right goal or they're not committed to it. Um, so I really distilled it down into an ebook about just finding that sweet spot for for achieving your goals. Um, and so that's at jenmcfarland.com slash goals. And it really centers in on if you want to build a legacy, if you want to leave a footprint, here are the things that you can do to really move things forward in that direction. Because one of the one of the things, you know, all joking aside, I mean, it's really important now more than ever to really, you know, avoid the da- disasters that we can. And one of the ways to do that is by really digging deep into our goals and really adapting and changing them to this environment um, and finding a new way. And so um, this guide will help you with some of that. Um, and then, you know, I'm like you, I'm talking about it a lot on my podcast right now too, to, to be, you know, really careful with helping people plan ahead. And what is the name of your podcast? Uh, Women Conquer Business. Right. <laughs> the Women Where Conquer people, Business podcast. Can people just find it on iTunes or do you have a website for it? Um, yeah, it's on iTunes. Um, it's also at jenmcfarland.com slash podcast. Um, I have, it's pretty much everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So that's pretty nice. So Google and Apple and Spotify and all of the places. Speaking of finding you, how else can people find you to get in touch? Sure. Um, you know, I'm very active on um, Facebook. Uh, that's Women Conquer Business. LinkedIn, Jen McFarland and Women Conquer Business um, and Pinterest. You can find me on Pinterest as well. Awesome. And I will be sure to share all those links down in the show notes, including the one to your guide. All right. So we are coming to the end. So I have my favorite question to ask all my guests. (laughs) So we all have had leaders or bosses that have really stood out to us as great 
great leaders, great bosses, great managers. Think of the most impactful leader or manager you have had. And can you share with us like one thing that made them stand out to you as this great person? Yeah, so the first boss I ever had out of college, her name is Patricia Rach. Um, I've been out of college for quite some time now, um, based on my intro. So um, it's kind of amazing, but we are still in touch. We're still friends. Um, I still go to her as a mentor for advice. Um, she was just really grounded and really honest and really fair. And that was what I appreciated about her the most. I didn't always like what she had to tell me, but I understood it and I felt like she was a straight shooter. And I think that throughout my career, um, there've been a lot of times when I've reflected on, on Trish and what a great role model she always was and funny. And like I said, just, just really honest and fair. And I think that those are some of the things that I've always appreciated about good managers and good leaders. And it's certainly what I've also tried to emulate throughout my career. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you, Jen, for coming on to the Growing Your Team podcast. You shared so much valuable information that not only is going to help people get through the pandemic now with leading their teams, but is information that's going to help everyone build stronger teams within their businesses. Thank you so much for having me. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. I highly encourage you to go listen to Jen's podcast, Women Conquer Business, and also get a copy of her guide that's going to walk you through goal setting and how to follow through with your goals. She has so much valuable information to share. And one of the important things from this conversation that I want to reiterate is when it comes to leading your team, you have a choice of how you want to lead them. You have a choice whether you want to be grateful. You have a choice whether to bring these team members into the decision-making process. You have a choice of bringing these team members into goal setting and making them feel a part of the company. Yes, you have a choice. And remember, your employees, your team members also have a choice of not working for you anymore. So if retention is important to you, which it should be, because it costs you every time you have to refill a position. It impacts your company. So you should want to retain your team members and therefore you should be making the choice to be grateful and to bring your team members into the process wherever possible. If you're looking for more tips on how to be a better leader for your team, make sure you head on over and join the Growing Your Team Facebook group where you'll learn valuable information and have opportunities to ask questions on how to become the leader that your small business needs. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com. To connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.